Okay. Good morning, everyone. Uh, let's begin with the word of prayer. Um, dear Heavenly Father, um, we're so grateful to you um, that uh, that you've given us this opportunity for us to to really prioritize seeking after you and uh, and uh, um, uh, allowing our minds to be filled with your word um, and, and our concerns for, for the body, your body of Christ, um, from the first thing this morning through this Lent season. We pray, O oh Lord, um, that as we seek you, that uh, we will find you and that you would bless us with your presence and with your words and that you would help us over these next uh, several weeks for this to become something that is not just something that happens once in a while, but that becomes a regular part, habit of our lives. So thank you. In, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, we'll continue uh, reading through the book of Mark, and we'll read Mark 1, 21 through 39. And I titled this section, A Day in the Life of Jesus, because in his Mark, in his stereotypical fashion, compresses uh, uh, the, the story in the life of Jesus and, uh, and just gives us the most essential elements. And what we have today is actually just not about 24 hours, um, sun up to sundown, uh, and, and then sun up of, of the next day of Jesus, which gives us a real great insight into what Jesus's priority and his part and, and what, was, what his life, life was like. So without further ado, let me read uh, from this section. They, so that's Jesus and the disciples, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out, came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with the fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Now, in this uh, few verses, again, uh, we pretty much see what Jesus' uh, life was like on the earth, except for the final week of his life. I mean, the final day of his life, even up to the final week. Uh, on a typical day, uh, Jesus continued to share 
the gospel, the good news, um, which was the purpose of his life. And, uh, uh, and he prioritized it above everything else. Uh, but at the same time, uh, whenever he encountered needs of various kinds, and two specific needs in particular, people who were sick and people who were possessed by demons, oppressed by demons, he, uh, uh, out of compassion, healed them and drove out the demons. And so this pretty much summarizes all the actions of Jesus. Now, Mark, though, um, uh, not only tells us what he does, but he actually has some very important uh, lessons uh, in the way that he tells it. So we're going to look at three different things that he emphasizes in this passage this morning. So first of all, uh, the thing that really jumps out is the authority, the authority of Jesus. Um, again, people were amazed. Now, it's interesting here, Mark doesn't really tell us even what Jesus taught. Um, Jesus, Mark so much focuses on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the actions of Jesus, he never really even tells us what he taught. Now, again, thank God we have book of Matthew and, and book of uh, uh, um, John that fills in with the content of Jesus' teaching. But what he was most impressed by and what he wanted to impress on people was that Jesus taught as one with authority. Uh, even the people exclaim, a new teaching. It's not, it's not so much that Jesus taught something new that nobody had taught. What he did was that he taught, but with authority. Meaning that, that he taught not as somebody who gave his opinions or thoughts, about what the Bible says or what gosh, uh, God is telling us, but he taught as God himself. And so they realized that even the demons who uh, had control over people that people didn't have control over had to respond to Jesus' authority by obeying him. And, 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 uh, and later when he, when he heals people, when he drives out the demons, it is the same authority, divine authority that Jesus had that, that, that he's able to do uh, these miraculous healings uh, and driving out demons. Um, specifically, uh, the reason that, that uh, there was this uh, combination of Jesus' teaching and Jesus' authority was because the, what Jesus was teaching and what he was proclaiming was that the kingdom of God is near, that in his person that he had come. And what he's displaying is what it is like to live under the kingdom of God. That, that because the kingdom of God, literally meaning that God is the one who rules over us as a people, that God's authority is full in display. And, uh, and these two areas of incurable uh, diseases and, and the areas of, uh, uh, of demon possessions is where clearly God's authority is not only needed, but it displayed through the, through the, through the presence of Jesus Christ. Um, the second thing that, that, uh, uh, that, uh, that Mark emphasizes for us is the priority that Jesus sends. Notice this, going back a little bit to last uh, yesterday, chapter, uh, verse 14. Um, as soon as Jesus gets baptized, um, and there's two things that happens. Jesus gets baptized, and, and up to that point, it was John who was proclaiming the message of the kingdom of God. But when, G when John was put in, put in, put in prison, prison and no longer could preach, Jesus picks up exactly where John leaves off, and he continues proclaiming the good news of God, namely that the kingdom of his God has come near. And so he calls on people using the same divine authority that he had. Um, um, he, he, he commands people, really. It's, it's not a matter of option. He commands people, repent and believe the good news. And, and so, in, so, so this is what 
uh, prioritize all the activities that Jesus does in that day. So he goes immediately, when he goes to Capernaum, he goes uh, to the synagogue because it was a Sabbath day, and he begins to teach the same message of the kingdom of God. And later, uh, we see here that in the midst of his sermon, someone with the, uh, who was demon-possessed cries out, the demon cries out. And so Jesus responds to what he sees by driving out the demons. And once people see this and see the authority that he had, then, 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 then we see in verse 36 uh, in, in, in the later passages, everyone gathers uh, starting, uh, you know, he says uh, sundown because it was a Sabbath day. So they couldn't travel far and, uh, and they consider even healing to be work. So, so they waited until as soon as they could, as soon as they could, the, the, the law allowed them to travel. They came seeking Jesus on, uh, on, on Saturday night with everyone who was sick, everyone who was demon possessed. And so Jesus was in this incredible crunch of people wanting, wanting him, needing him, him, and he responds to their needs. But, you know, if this is all Jesus did was responding to people's needs or sought out people's needs, this would have been his entire life in the ministry on earth. And so we see Jesus taking time away early in the morning and going away. And, and, and this passage ends with 36, when, when Simon and his companions look for him and they found him and they exclaim, everyone is looking for you. Literally, everyone is looking for Jesus. I mean, if Jesus really wanted to just address the needs of people, he could have spent all of his time doing that. But instead he says, let us go somewhere else. It sounds almost cruel. I mean, here are all these people that have been waiting for him and gathering him. And Jesus deliberately leaves them goes to the nearby villages because he says, so I can preach there also. It's one thing if Jesus left a group of people to heal so he can heal other people. But instead he says, I must go to the other villages so I can preach there. That is why I have come. So he travels throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. The priority, the mission of Jesus' life was to preach the good news of Jesus. Because ultimately, Everything that we desire at the moment, the healing and the miracles that we need for today is something that will ultimately be resolved when the kingdom of God comes fully in our midst. And so he felt driven, not by the immediate needs of the people around him, but the ultimate need that we have for the coming of the kingdom of God. So he had to set aside the, 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 the compassion that he felt for everyone. And as much as could, he addressed them, but he moves on so that he could continue sharing the good news for which he, uh, he came to the earth for. And so that's the priority. And then there's third thing that just, you know, Mark seeks it in there, but it is so important. And that is the intimacy. So it says that, that so on the following day, Sunday morning, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. It's one little verse, but I underline those three things that I think all of us instinctively in our flesh, we do not like. Nobody likes to uh, wake up early in the morning. It is one of the hardest things to do. And nobody likes to go out when it's dark, especially in the days without electricity. It's scary outside and it's unnatural. And I think all of us, I do, have a hard time being by myself in a solitary place. But Jesus went against every, in a way, every uh, creaturely, I mean, a, a fleshly comfort, creaturely needs, so that he could prioritize his intimacy 
with his father. And all we have is that he said he prayed. And we don't know exactly what he prayed for. We don't know how he prayed. But we know that in this utterly solitary place, he sought out God. And so again, when people come, they were expecting Jesus. Don't you have any, you got better things to do than be alone on your own. You've got other people looking for you. And Jesus had to resist the sense of urgency and the tyranny of the needs of other people. And so he focused his time with the Lord. I think there's at least three things here. And there's a lot of things we can meditate upon, but three things. First, um, as you go up or go about today, I, I uh, uh, commend you to live under the authority of Jesus. Meaning for those of you that are still considering Jesus, let me tell you, you cannot sit on the fence too long. The gospel is not an option. It's a command from the Almighty God that we must obey. And we obey the call of the gospel by repenting. What repentance means here is that we, we recognize and we confess before the Lord and admit to ourselves that we've been going the wrong way the entire life. Everything that we've been doing has been wrong. And now we must turn to God and reorient our lives towards him. Once we do that, as probably most of us have already done, we need to continue to live under the authority of God. And this is where we, where I struggle. You know, I, I want to say that Jesus is my Lord, but if you look at the, the 24 hours of my schedule, there are many spots, maybe a big chunk of it, where you do not see the authority of Jesus at all. We just see Hans' desires. And this passage reminds us of what it means to live under the authority of Jesus. Second, do not let serving the needs of people get in the way of sharing the good news of Jesus. It is entirely too easy for us to give in to, the, to, to, to our own compassion and wanting to help and solve everyone's problem all around us. And as important as that is, that can get actually get in the way of sharing the good news of, of Jesus. And, and what we fail to sometimes, what I fail to recognize is more than the immediate urgent needs that, that a brother or sister has around me, there has been something far deeper and that is your need to respond to the authority of Jesus and to live under his authority. And that this is why sharing the good news of Jesus is all about. May we never go a day without sharing the, uh, without thinking about and actually sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone around us. Third, we suspect that the, that the reason why Jesus can remain so full of compassion and focused on his God's purpose for him was because he was willing to pay the price to be intimate with God. And I confess that of all three of these things, that the one that I struggle the most with, and I, I hope that this you know, habit of, you know, or the ritual or the routine of getting up early in the morning like this will help, help me with this, is that I become more willing to pay the price of being intimate with Jesus. You know, my mother tells me often that, that you cannot be a lazy person if you become a Christian. Because if you're a Christian, you have to do everything else that the world, has to, the world does. But in addition, we must respond to God and to spend time with him. And she's really modeled that out for me. But I, I got to confess, I really have a model that out for my own children and have not benefited from this. So the one thing I'm going to walk away for myself is renewing once again the, 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 the urgency, the need, the priority of uh, doing whatever it takes to make sure that I carve out times of intimacy with my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Han, would you pray for us? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. 
um, that you kept on preaching the good news, Lord, because because you preached, it reached unto us. And thank you for the disciples that you gathered, that you taught them and you shaped them, and they continue sharing the good news all the way down to us. And thank you, Lord, um, showing us once again that the most the thing that we should strive for, seek for, and prize and treasure more than anything else is knowing you and being with you. So may we spend the day in the midst of all the busy schedule and the good things that we're involved in, may we not neglect to, to carve out time. May we think of you, Lord, even when we're driving, even when we're working, may we think of you, and may we take steps to be alone with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's praise God together.